that hand clap to the Lord. I'm on. You wonder why I'm smiling. I got the Holy Ghost a while ago. The Spirit of the Lord is so powerful in this service. and it's, I just wish we could get this music director excited. He just... You need to give lessons to music directors. Words cannot express today our appreciation and our love for this church and for Brother and Sister Hughes and what they have meant to us. The places that we have been together, the things that we have enjoyed together. Special honor to Brother and Sister Hughes. What a tremendous accomplishment. Percentage of men that make it 28, 29 years is not real large. And I, I want my friends to know that I'm glad that they're here. Brother and Sister Edwards, Brother and Sister Hughes, Brother and Sister Stanton, Brother and Sister Morris, Brother Kenny Custer. And this church, where would we be without this church? The building looks so good. I said it yesterday, I said it day before yesterday, I say it again today. When you make that corner up there and you, you see this building for the first time, somebody said, what did you say? I said, I said, wow. They said, say that backwards. I said, wow. <laughs> it's just wow. You don't know what to say. You're so blessed to have the leadership that you have in Brother and Sister Hughes. <laughs> Praise God. Church takes on the attitude and spirit of the pastor and uh, you certainly have that same attitude and spirit all the way from the greeters and those that make sure that you're where you need to be and you've got everything that you need good to see brother baker today my friend we love him and it's always a blessing to be with brother and sister long i trust they never quit worshiping just like they worship tonight it thrills my heart you wonder sometime you wonder what sometime, I'll say this and let you be seated. You wonder sometime why the older people, now that's Brother Hughes and those older people, they, Brother Edwards and Brother James Hughes and Brother Randy Stanton, who just had a birthday, and you wonder why they get, they, they connect with certain songs when they start singing them. It's because we're from a generation that those songs carried us through some difficult, hard places. We walked into the house of God not sure we could even put one foot ahead of the other and then start one of those old songs and you'd hear yourself start singing one, 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 one way to God and something would start rising up inside of you and you realize you could make it and you walked out of there with confidence in your heart. Oh, thank God today for the team that God has given this church and the leadership in music and singing. Clap your hands one more time to the Lord. Praise God. My desire today is to be a blessing to this church and in some way repay Brother and Sister Hughes for all of the blessings that they have been to us and all of the many ways that they have touched our lives and affected us. These friends of mine that are here tonight have prayed with us through tragedy and difficulty and loss, when you called them to pray, you were assured that they were going to pray and you felt the effects of their prayer. 
words cannot express our appreciation to them. I go to Lamentations chapter 3. When you say Lamentations, people say, oh. Lamentations chapter 3. And I want to just, if I might, lift out of verse number 23. There's much that could be said concerning these previous verses, but this one I want to just use this morning. They are new every morning, and we'll talk about what he was discussing in just a moment. Great is thy faithfulness. My subject today are those words, great is thy faithfulness. You may be seated. In the New Century Version, it's quite alarming when you read these words because he says things like, I have no more peace. I have forgotten what happiness is. I said my strength is gone, and I have no hope in the Lord Lord, somehow remember my suffering and my misery, my sorrow, and my trouble. Please remember me and think about me. And then he said, but I have hope when I think about this. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord and his love never ends in our life. His touch in our life is something so powerful. His mercies are something that never stops. Brother Huntley led us to a place in God that was so tremendous when he preached the other night, and we were blessed by that word. But the mercies of God, we understand, are not something that is just a part of our life at some point in juncture in our life, but they are something that never stop. The Bible speaks of them as being something that is renewed every morning. The loyalty of God in my life and his faithfulness in my life is something that is so broad, it's so large, it's something that's difficult sometimes to articulate and to put into words. I do believe that there is a survival to our existence and that everything that happens in my life is not predicated upon my personal ability or your personal ability, but I believe that it's deeply rooted it's created by, it's called into existence by, it's ushered in by, it's deeply influenced by, it's produced by, and it is modeled by the faithfulness of God. That we serve a God that has authored some things in my life. He's ordered some things, some steps that I have to take. Those steps are difficult steps sometimes. They're steps that are hard to understand. Sometimes there are tears. Many times there's joy and great laughter. But I do know that I would not be where I'm standing right now in my life had it not been for the faithfulness of a great big God. A God that looked at me when I know that I wasn't where I needed to be. And he loved me just like I was. He was not he was not one that was going to leave me in my condition. But whatever was broken, he would repair it. Whatever needed to be healed, he would heal it. Whatever needed to be changed, he would change that in my life. We must understand 
that if it were not for the Lord on our side, we would not be where we are right now. As a preacher, I come to every service. As a pastor, I always walked into every service. I looked and scrutinized. I listened carefully, and these men know what I'm talking about. God confirmed to me that what you breathed into my spirit and the pulse beat of that church let me feel and understand the direction you want me to go. And I watched and listened to every song, every word that was spoken. And not just one time, but many times, I felt God confirm in my spirit that this is what I want you to say. And it was exactly what God gave me several days ago as we prayed about this service. We must understand that if it were not for the Lord's mercies and grace, that we wouldn't be present here today. Instead of gathering here to celebrate a pastoral anniversary, we'll talk about that. But instead of celebrating a pastoral anniversary, we possibly would be celebrating something else. We would be gathering for something else. Maybe something that we didn't want to gather for. Yet here we are. We talk about 2020. 2020 is gone. I'm ready to turn the page. I'm looking forward to what God's going to do in the year that's ahead of us. When you consider 28, 29 years of pastoring, if my math is right, you do the services he does every week, the sermons he prepares every week, the tears that he delivers those sermons with, the burden and the passion that he has for this church and for the work of God, not just here, but everywhere Brother Mark Hughes goes. He approaches this time in the pulpit with deep sobriety and understanding that God has a work that he wants to do in that congregation. When you do the math, that many services, that many sermons, multiplied out. If my math is right, we're talking about over 4,000 sermons that God has allowed him to preach right here to you. So what happens to those sermons? Those sermons are seed that's in the ground, and that seed is going to produce fruit, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe you didn't see it the night he preached it, but it's going to come up. For that word shall not return unto him again void, but it will accomplish that whereunto God sent it. Am I still in an apostolic church today? Can we understand the importance and the significance and how blessed we are to have someone like Brother and sister use in our life that ministry has poured themselves into us unceasingly that they have loved us as only a pastor can love us there have been many times when God blessed us many of us survived when we didn't have insurance anybody know what I'm talking about we didn't have an insurance card in our pocket. We couldn't go to the hospital of our choice. We had to be very careful about if we even went to the hospital. But there were times when God kept us and God kept his hand on us because of his faithfulness. And in foods that, that we didn't have, God supplied the needs for us and our family. I was reminded yesterday and then again this morning in prayer, it crossed my mind again. You may not believe what I'm fixing to tell you, but I remember distinctly my wife doesn't like for me to talk about it because it carries her back to that and it upsets her all over again. I'd always taken pride like every man here in providing for my family. We were doing a work for God and times were lean. It was a difficult time. I had a baby boy that was still on a bottle and uh, he had not had anything to eat for 24 hours, and then that 24 turned into 48. We put water in his bottle. 
Now, you say, well, that's nothing until you sit there and listen to your baby boy that God gave you crying and hungry. And I could have done a lot of things, but I felt like that, that God was going to prove himself to us. And so we prayed and we trusted God. And my wife looked at me as I started to get ready to go to church. It was church night. I was supposed to go to church on church night, whether you're the pastor or not. And so I started getting ready and she said you're not really going to church I said I am she said we don't have any gas in the car I said we'll walk it's not a block but it's raining I said well you can carry the one umbrella we've got it wasn't real good and I'll just put a piece of newspaper over my head and we're going to go to church she said you've got to be kidding me Dennis you're not going to do that I said sure we are and so we started getting ready and be this, being the submissive, sweet wife that she is. And with a little mumbling and complaining, she started getting ready, and we got the boys ready, and we started, we started to go out the back door. I was tying my tie in the back room, and I never will forget someone knocked on the door. I'd already talked her into going to church, so I thought, I'll just see how much more I can get out of this. Not really. And I said, babe, could you get the door, please? She went to the back door, and she came back. She said, it's someone there that wants to talk to you. So I walked to the back door. They didn't know anything about what was going on in our house, but they didn't have to know. There was one that did know. I wasn't going to call. My, my mother-in-law would have put my father-in-law in a pawn shop to send me some money if necessary. She would have done anything I asked her to do, but I wasn't going to call her. I never will forget when I walked to that door, there was a brand-new convert standing there. And I looked at her, her name was Sister Olivier, and I said, Sister Olivier, how are you? She said, fine. She said, can I ask you a question? I said, yes, ma'am, and I'll date myself with this next statement. She said, can God speak to me from the ceiling of Wyden Gardens Grocery Store? And I said, why, sure he can. She said, well, he just did. And I said, what do you mean? And so she told me the lady that was with her, she said, we were just picking up some groceries for for our own home. And she said, a voice spoke to us from the ceiling and said, buy Pastor Clark some groceries. She said, y'all may not need them. And she walked outside in the rain. I stood there and my roof was leaking about as bad then as it is now. And I walked out there and I looked at the back of that Capri Chevrolet. I'll never forget it. And it was just bag after bag after bag after bag after bag after bag. I carried them in the, in the house and I don't know who was crying the hardest, me or my wife. Can I tell you when I talk about a God that is faithful, can I tell you that that God has been mighty, mighty, mighty good to me? There have been times. I've heard other people testify about it, but I have my own testimony tonight. God has been faithful to me. God has supplied my needs. God has put groceries on my table. Somebody clap your hands to him with all your heart this morning. Praise God. There have been times when we didn't have money on, in the bank. Many times when there was not enough to go around. Times when I, when I heard and I felt an impression in my spirit, didn't hear a voice. I just felt an impression in my spirit at 2 o'clock in the morning driving from Ranger or driving from Atlanta, Georgia to Ranger, Texas to start a revival the next night. So at 2 o'clock in the morning, we're chuck chugging along, and all of a sudden I look down and the gas gauge is over past where it needs to be. I mean empty, empty. And so I, I, I pull up in this station, and I don't have any money. No money, zero money. I had a check from the pastor, Brother David Fuller, where I just left a revival, but we hadn't cashed it. We had nothing. 
I pulled up in there and I thought, well, maybe I can get them to, I thought this, maybe I can get them to just let me get a tank of gas and, and, and I'll, I'll get the change from the, from the rest of it, uh, the check. So I pulled up there and I filled the truck up and I walked around the trailer and came back and it, it clicked off. I stood there for a minute and I thought, well, now what am I going to do if they don't take this check and they don't let me have this gas if they don't give me my change back and all these if they don't, if they don't, if they don't. And I watched a white van pull up, a Dodge van. And uh, a guy got out of that van, tall, black-headed, stately-looking gentleman, and he walked across in front of my truck and tried of a trailer. And so I finished getting my gas and when I started toward the door, well, he was walking back out the door. Two o'clock in the morning, ladies and gentlemen, I walk inside there and I said, ma'am, she said, you don't need to say anything. And I said, ma'am, she said, you don't need to say anything. I said, okay. I said, I just want to, you don't need to say anything. Just go back out and get in your vehicle and go on your way. Your gas was paid for. I walked out. I was going to shake that man's hand. He was gone. Somebody said, what was it? I'll tell you what I think it was. Angels drive Dodge vans. He stopped. I don't know why. I, I have to believe that God. Are they not all ministering spirits sent to minister to those who are the heirs of salvation? Do we still believe that scripture? That God will supply. I've got some testimonies today that I want to share with this church. Because this church has a history as well. I'm facing people that you're, you're way down the road. And you've experienced some tremendous things in God. Anybody got a miracle here today that God has provided for you? Clap your hands to a God that has been so faithful. There were a lot of things that could have destroyed us. There were a lot of things that we could talk about today. We could talk about the storms. We could talk about the hurricanes. We could talk about the loss. We could talk about those things that have come against you. I could talk to you about a pastor that's had 10 surgeries, a man that has struggled back, a man that has gotten back on his feet more times than any of us really can talk about. A man that has been faithful to God, but I talk about a God that has been faithful to Brother Mark Hughes as well. There are many things that could have destroyed him, but God kept him. There are many things that could have destroyed this church, but God kept this church. Let me let, me let you in on something. He never built a monument out of a failure or a setback. He never did. He pushed right on past that situation. And he said, I'm going to continue to trust a God that has kept his hand on me all these years. I'm going to continue to lead a congregation by example in a God that has never failed me because I know a God that is great in his faithfulness. I know a God that has never failed me one time. Oh, great is thy faithfulness. This book is not a long book. Possibly we couldn't stand Lamentation if it was more than five chapters. It's brief, and I'm glad it's brief because I kind of get bogged down. It's not something I've always enjoyed reading. But it's a, it's a book of introspection. It's a book of sorrow. It's a book of reflection. It's a book where he writes sometimes with remorse. He has his regrets. You can sense and you can feel his personal pain, that there's been some terrible, terrible trauma and suffering. 
it's a collection, one man said, of laments. An individual that's lamenting some situations that have transpired in his life. And he said, I look at myself and he said, I'm, I'm finding that something's missing in my life. Not only does he say, I don't have any peace, but he said, God has removed me from that peaceful position that I was in. That God has separated me from that which I counted on so much. That peace that kept me when the storms of life came. He said, I'm separated from that. I, I'm trying to find it. I, I'm reaching for it. I'm, I'm, I, I'm feeling around trying to locate where it's at. That, that peace that I counted on when the doctor's report was not good. That, that peace that I needed when trouble rose up against me. I read of a lady one time that, that it actually happened to her. I'd never read a story quite like hers. And I'll abbreviate it. In January, she lost, she lost her mother. February, she lost her son. March, she lost her brother. In April, she was diagnosed with hypertension. In May, she lost her job. In June, she lost her home. In July, she totaled her car. In August, have I got you depressed yet? In August, her husband left her. In September, she found out she was not eligible for unemployment. In October, she was diagnosed with cervical cancer. In November, she had a heart attack. In December, she could have said what Jeremiah said. My peace is removed from me. But she didn't do that. She went to church. She stayed in church. She never quit going to the house of God. She kept coming to God's house, worshiping, shouting, praising God, and doing her best to be everything that she could be for God. One Sunday after church, a small child walked up to her and asked her, said, why do you make so much noise? And she looked at her in that old term that those older people use, shaw. Oh, she said, shaw, baby. Shaw. What I think about is goodness and what he's done for me. She said, I cannot help myself. With all of this loss in her life, she's saying, great is thy faithfulness. With everything that's happened in her life, she's saying, great is thy faithfulness. With all the loss that she has had, she's still saying, great is thy faithfulness. When everybody else is saying, just stay home, you don't have to go to church, you got too much on your plate, she's saying, great is thy faithfulness. Can I tell somebody, wherever you may be sitting today, I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I came to tell somebody in this building, you may not know about tomorrow, but you know the God that holds tomorrow, and that God is a faithful, faithful Faithful, faithful. Somebody say it with me. Faithful God. Who else believes me? Who else will receive the word of God? I said, I don't know what tomorrow holds, and you don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know what happened to you before you got here, but I introduce you to a faithful God, a God that restores, a God that heals, a God that makes a way where there is no way, a faithful, faithful, faithful God.
just feel like somebody here. I'm almost through. Stand. I just feel like somebody here needs to come to one of those moments where I just can't help myself. It's not what I'm looking at. It's who I know. It's not what they're saying. It's what he's saying. It's not my circumstances that determine my level of worship to God. He's faithful to me. He's faithful to me. And I can count on him. Somebody in this building needs to come to a moment in your life where you say this morning with me, he is a faithful God and I can't help myself. Maybe you said, I used to have joy, but I don't have joy anymore. He goes from saying some things to talking about prayer, talking about prayer that works. He said, I asked God for just two things. Remember me. Think about me. We know God sees suffering and sorrow and loss and heavy hearts. We know God sees those things that cause us personal pain. We know, we know God sees those things that makes you and I want to give up. Those places and those times and those circumstances where we say it's just not worth it. And then we're reminded, whether by song or whether by a faithful pastor, God's not through with you. God's not finished with you. You would have given up on me. They expelled me from church, a Pentecostal church, and told me never to come back. And I walked out saying, you must be bad. And I got sideways and I walked away. But he never gave up on me. I walked back in that building in a revival service. I was standing over on this side about two-thirds of the way back. George Benedict was preaching. That's the name you remember. We were being rowdy. Four or five of my friends, they didn't know. I'd never told them, but that was the church that picked me up on a church bus and brought me to church from the time I was five years old. My dad was an alcoholic standing on the front porch shaking a bottle on Sunday morning. You got my kids, but you'll never get me. What he didn't know, God was going to get him. I never will forget standing in that service that night fighting conviction. Because I knew what Brother Benedict was saying was, was right to me. In those days when you didn't want to pray, you went out the back door. And I was good at getting out that back door. I went in planning my escape route. Conviction had a hold of me. I was hanging on to that pew with everything I had. I stepped out in the aisle. I told the guys I was with, I said, I'm out of here. And I stepped out in the aisle. And the one man in that building 
the one man in that building, Ben Ray McDonald, that I had confidence in, was standing in the aisle. Golden Gloves champion for the state of Texas. And had them hands, they were huge. Held his hand up like that, and he said, Dennis, let me talk to you. And I said, not tonight, Brother Ben Ray. I stepped around him, and he said, I just want to tell you one thing. I said, sure. He said, the Lord still loves you. I don't remember turning around. I don't remember walking back down that aisle and kneeling in that altar. I don't remember much of what I said. But I remember what happened to me. And there's been no turning around from that day to this. Can I tell you, wherever you, who am I talking to today? Wherever you may be, don't give up on what God has for you. Wherever your children are, don't give up on those children. You don't know how close they are to walking through those doors. God lets you build this building for a room, ladies and gentlemen, for your family to come and worship Him. Can I tell you, I believe God's got a revival for this church like you have never seen. Don't give up believing God for your children. They need to know that you're still praying for them. They need to know that you're still believing God for them. They need to know that somebody still cares. He's so faithful. whatever happens he's faithful you sir keep praying church God's moved in here where are you who's been whispering in your ear telling you it's over who's been whispering in your ear saying it's it's not worth it God God wants you to know that he's faithful that he is faithful that he is faithful who will join me up here in this, in this altar this morning? Who will join me up here? 